Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Hey there, mama friend. I am so excited to share this extra special episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast with you today. Today's episode is actually a sneak peek into the Supermama Society. The Supermama Society is my brand new monthly membership for the mama who wants to live a healthier mama life without dieting. It's for the mom who wants to feel like the Supermama I know she is, but she doesn't know how to do it without restricting restricting herself or going on another plan or program. This is the solution for nutrition without restriction. In the month of June, we are talking all about how to combat emotional eating, stress, cortisol, and what it does to our bodies and what happens when our body feels like it's in survival mode and how reducing our stress and dealing with our emotions and really finding our balance as moms can help our health and energize our healthy mama lives. So I am so excited to share this audio with you today. The Supermama Society has audios just like this, as well as monthly coaching videos, access to my full ebook library, exclusive recipes, and access to me just like you would have with one-on-one coaching, but for a fraction of the cost. So I am so excited to share this audio with you today. I hope you enjoy it, and I hope you will join us in the Supermama Society. I'm Kristen Dovniak, holistic nutritionist and mama of two, and this is the Healthy Balance Mama podcast, where I believe every mama is a super mama, and you deserve to feel like one too, and you don't need to go on another diet to do it. This is a podcast about ditching the diet dogma, embracing intuitive eating, real food, and living healthy, happy, and whole. Stress eating, emotional eating, Whatever you want to call it, most of us have done it at least once. And when I say stress eating, it doesn't necessarily mean overeating, though it does for many women who consider themselves emotional eaters. Now I'm going to use stress eating and emotional eating interchangeably, knowing that much of what is considered emotional eating is just due to the stress and inability to cope surrounding the emotions we're feeling. Emotional eating isn't necessarily a bad thing. It only becomes a bad thing when it becomes a coping mechanism. So let's define a few of these things right now before we jump in. Stress eating is eating mindlessly in times of stress, anxiety, or overwhelm in response to or in avoidance of our feelings. Emotional eating, defined here, is simply eating in response to an emotion. 
as I'll share more later, eating with emotions is not necessarily bad. This is eating as a coping mechanism. Overeating, on the other hand, is different for everyone. Overeating is eating past the point of fullness, past what your body needs for fuel and nourishment. In the same vein as emotional eating, overeating happens sometimes, and that's okay. It's when it's happening consistently and mindlessly that it becomes a problem. And lastly, binge eating. This is an important definition because I think a lot of women associate any time they overeat or eat emotionally as being a binge, which is not necessarily true. Binge eating is defined as eating a large quantity of food in one sitting past the point of fullness, often to the point of discomfort and feeling out of control about it. These three factors, a large quantity in one sitting past the point of fullness and feeling out of control, this qualifies as a binge episode. So all of that being said, how do we combat stress and emotional eating? The first thing, first and foremost, is to recognize that stress eating, emotional eating, is not at all about the food. I know, what? So what is it really about? It's not about the food. We are not eating because we are stressed. We are not eating because we are emotional. We are stressed and we are emotional and therefore we are eating. So digging into why you are anxious or why you are stressed and naming our anxiety or our stress can provide comfort in knowing that we can then deal with that thing. Uncertainty uncertainty keeps us in the anxiety loop, that anxious about being anxious feeling, that stressed about being stressed. And oftentimes what we do, what is so easy for us to do is just turn to food to make us feel better. But does food really help us? That would be the next question to ask. What is really going on? If it's not about the food, why am I so anxious? Why am I so stressed? And how will food help me? Will it help me? Start to recognize that it's not really about the food at all. Food is not going to help you deal with your anxious or stressed feelings. Food is often just a tactic to feel good in the moment. And binges are often a way to ignore the feelings at hand with something that starts out as being comforting and easy for our brain to go to. We know that eating food feels good. We know that it tastes good and makes us feel good. And so it's really easy for us to turn to that. But it doesn't do anything to really solve the problem of what's going on with our anxiety or going on with our stress. It's not at all about being unable to control your food intake. There's a lot of shame wrapped around overeating or binge episodes. And I think we tend to think, um, beat ourselves up and think that it's a need for more willpower. But it's not at all a need for more willpower because willpower doesn't get to the root cause of whatever issue is going on. And willpower, the stronger the force, the bigger the breakdown on the other side. The more we will our way out of emotional eating in the moment, the more it ends up backfiring and we end up overeating later on. Restriction is one of the most common causes of overeating and binge eating. It's not a solution. This is the reason why dieting doesn't work in the long term, especially for those of us who identify ourselves as someone who turns to food in times of stress and emotion.
So what do we do instead? The second thing we do after we realize that it's really not the food, it's we deal with the thing. And the first way we deal with the thing is to feel the feelings. Recognizing what is going on in our life, what is making us feel stressed, what is making us feel anxious, and how that feels. How it feels in our body. A lot of us have never really gotten to the point where we've named the feeling. What? How does that feeling feel in your body? How does feeling stressed feel? Does it make you feel tense in your shoulders? Does it make you sort of hunch over and like cower because you feel like you just can't handle the weight of whatever this stress is in your life? Does it make you feel brain foggy or like you you can't think clearly anymore? Does it make you shaky? Does it make your stomach feel sort of queasy? Um, like you can't eat or like you don't want to eat? How is that feeling in your body and how is that feeling in your brain? Because we often tend to feel emotions not just in our brain, but in our bodies. Once we can name that feeling that we're feeling, recognize what it is and name how it feels in our body, we can start to experience the feeling, which I know can be really, really scary. And that's the reason we turn to something like food or other unhealthy coping mechanisms, like some people turn to drugs or alcohol, um, is because we don't want to feel the feeling. But in this case, leaning in to that feeling is way more effective than resisting, as hard as it can be recognizing your feelings and recognizing where you're feeling your feelings and allowing yourself to feel them means you can then process and deal with them. And if this is something that you're not used to, this might be the time to get the advice of a professional and talk to somebody who's experienced, you know, dealing with your feelings before. If this is something that you're not comfortable with, talking to someone you really trust about how you're feeling these feelings and being able to just put it out there and and process it. Sometimes processing comes, you know, through journaling and sometimes processing needs to be done through speaking to someone else. But processing is so incredibly important to recognize not only what the feeling is, where it's coming from, but how it feels. So you can start to work through that rather than ignore it or use something else to cope with it like food. So then number two, the second thing that we would do to deal with the thing would be to develop your unique coping mechanisms. One of the most helpful things to get off of the hamster wheel of stress and anxiety is to stop it in its tracks by finding a solution. Remember, there is a solution for everything. Now, I know that there are things that happen in our lives that are unexpected, um, things that we can't control. And feeling out of control is oftentimes when we are most often um, likely to reach for something that we feel like we can control, something that we feel like will make us feel good, like food or like something else that's going to make us feel good. Um momentarily because it feels like we can control that thing when everything else in our world feels like it's out of control we feel like we can control that for some of us that's overeating for some of us that's under eating or going on another diet um so instead what is the solution even if we feel like whatever it is is out of control how can we take that stress that anxiety over this situation and find a solution for it how can we ask for help if we're feeling overwhelmed, how can we say no to something if we feel like there is too much on our plate? There is a solution 
for everything. How can you find a solution in this moment right now? If you need to ask for help in finding the solution, talking to your spouse, talking to your best friend, talking to someone you trust, sometimes we just need somebody else's perspective on the solution to what is most stressful right now outside of food. And the third thing to deal with that thing is to take care of yourself. Are you getting the basics of self-care? I'm not talking about mani-pedis and bubble baths and all of those, you know, spa days and all of those really, you know, that pretty picture of self-care. I'm talking about the basics. There was a Finnish study featuring more than 5,000 men and women that linked obesity to stress-related eating in women, but not in men. Obviously, men are still at risk for the potential of stress eating, but it is so much more prevalent in women. Why is this? Because women have a tendency to take it all on, to care for others before ourselves until the point comes where we have avoided caring for ourselves for so long that we can no longer properly care for others. You need to make sure you're getting the basics. You are filling your cup full so you can overflow to others. Oftentimes, we fill up our cup just enough so that we have enough to pour out to others. But if we are emptying that cup every single day and starting the day at the very minimum so that we can pour out to others... We will never become our best selves. We will never be able to combat this stress and emotional eating if we don't learn to fill our cups to overflowing. So the overflow goes to the people around us. So we really are giving everyone our best. And that starts with giving ourselves our best. So check in with yourself. Are you getting enough sleep? Ghrelin, which is one of our body's hunger hormones, is released in larger than normal quantities when we don't get enough sleep because our body needs more energy to stay awake. So I have so many women who come to me and who are like, I'm constantly hungry. And there's a lot of reasons behind that. And I'm sure we'll go into this in the society later on. But first and foremost, if you're not getting enough sleep, your body needs more energy just to live on a daily basis. You're going to be more hungry and it's going to feel harder to cope with your constant hunger. So are you resting when you need to, not just at night, but during the day? If you are pregnant or you have a newborn or you have, you know, a kiddo who's teething um, or a teenager who's giving you anxiety and you feel like you need more rest than normal, you probably need more rest than normal. So sometimes rest means sleeping. It means sleeping at night. It means napping when the baby naps. Sometimes it's just taking a break in the afternoon and reading a magazine while the kids are watching a movie. I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. But it's taking that time. It's refilling your cup whenever it starts to be drained. Are you saying no? This is coming from the queen of yes over here. I feel you, mama, but it is really, really important. If we are constantly saying yes to people, that means we're saying no to something else. So what are we saying yes to? That means we're saying no to something else. Is saying yes to this thing meaning that we're saying no to our own self-care? Does it mean we're saying no to our family? 
If we're constantly saying yes to things to try and win the approval of other people or or make other people feel like, you know, we are dependable, but then we're not, you know, dependable to ourselves, we won't be able to give them the best of ourselves. We won't be able to give our family the best of ourselves. This is so, so important to take care of ourselves so then we can say yes with confidence when we do say yes. So practice saying no to things first, right? Practice saying I'll think about it when somebody asks you to do something rather than constantly saying yes, right? You don't have to say no to everything. You can say yes to the important things, but evaluating your yes and making a confident yes or a confident no because you and your family are the most important thing and then comes the other people in your life. And I know it's a harsh reality, but you need to say yes to the right things and no to the right things. And that can be real, a really, really hard lesson to learn. And it's something that I'm learning myself each and every day. Are you eating nourishing foods? And by nourishing foods, I'm talking about the basics. In the May 2019 Supermama Society, we talked all about the importance of eating more real food and the basics of carbs, protein, and fats, and just the basic things that our body needs. Our body needs vegetables. Our body needs protein as the building blocks. Our brains need healthy fats. Our bodies need carbohydrates for energy. Are you getting those basic things on a daily basis? This doesn't need to be militant, like every single meal needs to be perfect. You have to be perfectly portioned. No, no, no. Balance is not static. It is not something that you find, and it's the same thing every meal, every day, all day long. But are you listening to your body when your body feels low energy? Maybe you're missing out on something. So knowing those basics of the basic things that your body needs and recognizing when your body might need a little bit more support from things like more vegetables. Um, maybe you're finding it hard to eat regular meals. How can you nourish yourself in a way that's really quick and easy, like having a smoothie and throwing a big handful of spinach in there so you've got those beef vitamins for energy. Little things like that. Just making sure that you are nourishing your body on a daily basis with those basic things your body needs. Are you overworking? Are you working beyond what you need to to provide for your family? And you know, sometimes we go through seasons where we are maybe overworking and it's necessary and that's okay. But are we allowing overworking during a season to become overworking all the time? evaluating every single one of these areas of our life and making sure that we are finding a balance in each and every one of them. Finding a balance in each area of our life means we can find that balance overall. Are you moving your body on a regular basis? This doesn't need to mean that you're going for a five-mile run every day or you're signed up for a fitness class three times a week. It just means, are you going for walks? Are you running after your kids? Are you moving your body on a regular basis so you're feeling good and you're feeling energized? Are you spending time with your friends? Are you going on date nights with your spouse? Are you enjoying your kids or do you feel like every day is survival day? If you feel like every day is survival day, you're never spending time with your friends, you're feeling guilty about spending time with your friends, you haven't had a date night with your spouse in six months, take a look at your schedule, reevaluate what's going on because these things are so important. What is life without living it? All of these things contribute to a balanced life and reduce that overall stress. And when we have this balance in our overall life, it is much easier to cope with the little things that happen. When we are not um, taking care of these basic areas of our life, 
the things that happen in our life that might just be a little bit stressful otherwise are really stressful. And that's when it can be harder to deal with things like stress eating and emotional eating. So are you nourishing your body on a regular basis with sleep, with rest, with not overworking, with eating nourishing foods, with moving your body, with spending time with your friends, with spending time with, with spending time with your significant others, with getting outside, with connecting with God or your higher power, okay? What are you doing to relax? Are you taking time to simply breathe? Focus on the basics because if any of these areas are out of balance, you have some work to do, mama. And number three, and this is really important, recognize that emotional eating is okay to a point. Anyone that tells you emotional eating is always bad is a robot. (laughs) I mean, come on. We are human beings with real emotions who derive pleasure from eating. Sometimes we eat to celebrate. Sometimes we eat just because it tastes really good. We are emotional beings and food isn't just about fuel and nourishment. It's also about pleasure and satisfaction. And if we don't ever eat for our emotions to satisfy, to celebrate food, it more often than not backfires into overeating due to that feeling of being restricted. This is why that diet cycle happens, right? We restrict ourselves, restrict ourselves, restrict ourselves in the name of health, and then all of a sudden we can't handle it anymore and we overeat, usually on all of those foods that we felt like we shouldn't have. And we are like, oh, well, I was eating out of stress. I was eating out of emotion. No, you were eating because you weren't allowing yourself any pleasure or satisfaction out of your food. Food is nourishment, fuel, and pleasure. It only becomes an issue when food becomes the only coping mechanism. If we never allow ourselves to indulge in our cravings or enjoy our food, that is when that restriction leads to overeating and binging. There needs to be that balance of enjoying the foods that we eat. We can enjoy eating healthful foods. It's learning what we find satisfying and what foods we actually like. And front-loading our diet with the things that we like. Yeah, you need to eat greens. Let's just find one that tastes really good and find a preparation that you like. You don't have to eat food that you don't like ever. It's okay to eat for pleasure. It's okay to eat for satisfaction as long as it's not the only way we're coping with our stress and anxiety in our life. And number four, know that craving sugary foods in times of stress is so normal. Stress makes you feel bad. Food makes you feel good. There is a reason people claim to be addicted to food. Where I'm not going to go into this today, the reasoning behind this is that the pleasure centers in our brain are lit up when we eat certain foods as they are when people take certain drugs. This also happens when we breastfeed our babies, we hug a puppy, or have an orgasm. These are all feel-good things. Some are more positive than others. Overeating or mindless eating due to stress is often brought on by the desire to feel good. And as I talked about in this month's video, it also has a huge cortisol connection. Remember what cortisol does? It keeps our our blood sugar constantly high by creating glucose through protein and preventing insulin, that hormone that's secreted by the pancreas, to bring our blood sugar down from working effectively. However, when we consume food with real glucose, with carb, usually through carbohydrates, insulin is secreted. And the higher our blood sugar is, the more insulin secreted and the faster it's going to drop. And when it drops, 
fast and hard, our body is screaming. Our bodies scream for extra energy because we've just bottomed out. Hence the sugar and carb cravings and often excessive hunger compound. You know, if we've had lack of sleep and then we have that excess ghrelin, you can see where I'm going. We're hungry. We want sugar. We want carbs. And now feeling extra hungry and having cravings from stress is normal. But listen here, simply avoiding the foods or cutting out all sugar isn't the answer and can often lead to an even bigger binge like I was just talking about. If you're not getting to the root cause of why you're stressed, this is why point one is so important. You need to find out why you're stressed. It's not the food. It's not the sugar. It's not the carbs. The food is not the problem. Why are you stressed? Why are you anxious? Breaking the stress, sorry, breaking the cycle around stress can help you feel more clear and calm around food rather than feeling out of control. So number five, how do you come back from it? How do you come back from an episode of overeating or binge eating? There's a three-step process outlined by Evelyn Triboli and Elise Rush um, of the intuitive eating fame of their book, Intuitive Eating. Um, And it's all about learning and letting go. So there's three steps to this. Number one is recognize the trigger. What triggered your episode of stress slash overeating or binge eating? Were you vulnerable? Did you allow yourself to come to a vulnerable place with food? Were you too hungry? Oftentimes, if we are not feeding ourselves on a regular basis or we're not listening to those subtle cues of hunger that are so incredibly important to learn in ourselves, we ignore it, we ignore it, we ignore it, and then all of a sudden we're ravenous. And then we the only thing we can think of is feeding ourselves and eating exactly what we want in the moment. And oftentimes that's not the food that would really truly serve us best. Um, we just eat whatever's on hand or we eat whatever sounds good. Intuitive eating is a two-part process in terms of it needs to be what sounds good to us and what sounds satisfying, what's going to satisfy us on an emotional level, but it also needs to satisfy us and feel good and help us feel good in the future on a physical level. Were you vulnerable because you were too stressed out, right? Are you just too stressed to think about food and you started eating and felt like you were out of control? Oftentimes feeling out of control around food has nothing to do with the food and has to do with feeling out of control in other areas of our life. Were you overscheduled? Were you running from thing to thing and maybe ignored your hungry hunger completely by accident because you're overscheduled and stressed in that way and you just ate all the things because you didn't know what else to do? Were you too tired? Maybe you're extra hungry or maybe you're just not paying attention. You're eating mindlessly and you all of a sudden realize that you overate and now you feel guilty about it. Did you have unrealistic expectations for how you were supposed to eat? Did you have ANTs, which are automatic negative thoughts? When you went to eat a food, did you automatically think, this is bad, I shouldn't be eating this? Oftentimes when we get into that mindset of, I shouldn't be eating this, or this is bad, we overeat with that rebellious mindset of, well, I'm already eating this bad food. I might as well eat all of these other bad foods. It's this self-fulfilling prophecy where I'm being bad, so I'm going to continue to be bad. Did you have a need that you weren't willing to give yourself? Did you need rest? 
Did you need more sleep? Did you need a break and were afraid to ask for help? So instead of asking for this help or fulfilling that need, did you instead turn to food to cope? Do you need permission to take a break? Do you need to set limits with work, with your friends or family? Do you need to say no? Do you need permission to say no? I am giving you permission right now. So take a look at any of these of these areas, right? Recognize the trigger. Were you vulnerable? Did you have unrealistic expectations? Did you have those automatic negative thoughts? Did you have a need that you weren't willing to give yourself? Any of these things can be triggers. And as you start working through this emotional eating, you can start to recognize your most common triggers for when you might be stress eating, emotional eating, um, or overeating or binging. So then the second thing would be to reflect on how you felt during this episode of emotional eating or binge eating. Did it really fix it or is the thing still there? Did you taste the food with each and every bite? Were you actually enjoying the food when you were eating it? Was this an enjoyable experience or was it filled with guilt and shame? Was there a point where you realized the food didn't taste good or did you eat completely mindlessly without even thinking, just shoving food down your throat because you thought that it would fix something? This can be really powerful and oftentimes really difficult to reflect on how you felt while you were eating because sometimes we realize that we really didn't experience the food at all. What good is food if we can't experience it? So really reflect on how you felt during the episode. And then the third thing would be what we've been talking about, and that's developing coping mechanisms for the future. So rather than guilt and shame for eating out of emotions or eating due to stress or overeating or even binge eating, throw that shame away because it happens, friend. And all that we are trying to do is notice why it's happening. Get to the root cause of it. Reflect on how we are feeling during and then developing coping mechanisms for the future. So ask yourself, knowing the things that you learned today, what could I do differently? Could you have respected your vulnerability, your vulnerable point where you were too hungry, too stressed, overscheduled, tired, had unrealistic expectations, or were already feeling guilt and shame before you even ate the food? It's one of the reasons why making peace with food, all food, is so important because when we take that morality out of food, because remember, friend, food has no morals. It does not make you good or bad. No matter how much food you ate, no matter what choice you made around food, you are still good. Your food choices have nothing to do with who you are as a person. So did you respect your your vulnerability and could you respect your vulnerabilities more next time? Could you say no? Could you say no to something so that you could allow yourself the space to take care of yourself in the future? Could you change your environment so that you don't get into that position where you are feeling, you know, like you are about to overeat or stress eat? When you are feeling stressed, could you do something else? Could you, you know, see if you can get some help and take a couple minutes rest? Could you put that movie on for the kids so you can take a few minutes to breathe and just hang out by yourself? Could you make yourself a hot cup of tea um, and give yourself a few minutes before you feel like you're about to eat um, in terms of stress? 
Could you make sure that you're eating consistently enough so that you don't get to that over hungry point where you feel like you're out of control around food? How can you come to food calmly so you can make choices that serve you around food rather than out of stress and anxiety? So I'm going to provide you with a worksheet on this so you can keep it in, you know, your files. You can print it out. You can put it somewhere where you can access it regularly. So when you do experience these times of stress and emotional eating, you can come back from it with this three-step process, the recognizing the trigger, reflecting on how you felt, and developing unique coping mechanisms for the future. Because I gave you a ton of ways that you can cope with your stress and your emotions. Um, But it all comes down to what works for you. Because we all have different triggers. And determining the root cause of what's going on in your life, where that stress and anxiety is coming from, and why you're turning to food for emotions. Because chances are, it has nothing to do with the food. Once you develop those unique coping mechanisms, you can really start to move forward. So let's recap. I talked about five ways that we can really combat stress and emotional eating. Number one is recognizing that it's not about the food, getting to the root cause of why you're stressed, why you're anxious, um, and and realizing that it's probably not about the food and getting to the root of that is the first step of number two, and that is dealing with the thing, finding coping mechanisms, whether it's talking to someone um, or you know just finding coping mechanisms to deal with whatever stress or emotion that's going on with your life because dealing with that is the first step to avoiding those emotional stressful eating situations number three is recognizing that emotional eating is completely okay to a point that we are emotional beings and not all emotional eating is bad it's only when it becomes our primary coping mechanism that it's bad and that we really need to um, develop new coping mechanisms kind of flip the script Number four, knowing that cravings for sugar and carbs in a time of stress is normal and recognizing that. And rather than resisting it, focusing on finding those coping mechanisms and leaning into our cravings from time to time because, and when I say from time to time, I mean developing coping mechanisms is first and foremost, but not denying ourselves eating because that will just lead to more binging and overeating um, and in eating due to stress and anxiety because we're creating more stress and anxiety in our lives by restricting ourselves. Restricting is not the answer. It's often the problem. And number five, come back from it using the three-step reflection process to learn and grow so that you can confidently eat in a way that serves your body outside of feeling like you are coping with stress and anxiety only using food, but finding real tactics to um, cope with the stress and the anxiety in your life outside of the food. Because friend, it is most likely nothing to do with the food. And I hope that um, these tools were helpful for you. I hope this provided you with a little bit more clarity on um, the reason behind um, why many of us eat in times of stress or eat um, for our emotions and that it's okay to eat emotionally, um, but that there are other ways to cope with our stress and anxiety and it can really help us find balance in our eating. And it's, it's one of the very important 10 principles of intuitive eating really 
finding that balance uh, um, within our emotional lives and and our lives in general and finding coping mechanisms for stress because stress is real and all of us are going to experience stress, especially those of us who are mamas, um, but it's finding unique ways that we deal with it um, and that feel really good to us so that we're not taking it out on food and food um, can be used for fuel, nourishment, and pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that exclusive sneak peek into some of the things that I share in the Supermama Society. I designed the Supermama Society to be a community effort. I want to know what you want to learn more about. This month in the Supermama Society was voting, voted on just by the women in the Supermama Society. They wanted to know more about stress and emotional eating and how to combat these things to really truly live a Supermama life. And I want to give you that. I want to give you a resource, a place to be able to ask me questions, to get your questions answered, and be in community with other women who also want to live healthier lives and nourish themselves and their families without the diet dogma, without body shame, pressure to lose weight or count their macros or any of that jazz. We are not about that in the Supermama Society. We are about a community of women who simply want to nourish themselves and their families without restriction. To join us in the Supermama Society, Society, head to supermamasociety.com. There's options to join monthly or join for the entire year and join us for a full year of learning to live your supermama life. Doors close on June 10th for the entire summer. So now is the time to join us and join in on all of the fun that I have for you this summer in the Supermama Society. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you do me a huge favor and give it a star rating and review in iTunes? Every rating, review, and subscribe helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear it. You can find me, Kristen, on Instagram and Facebook at Healthy Mama Chris or on my website, HealthyMamaChris.com. And don't forget to join us in the newly launched Supermama Society, a monthly membership to help you tune in to your intuition and nourish yourself without restriction to live like the Supermama I know you are. As a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are intended for information and inspiration only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friends.